Hello and welcome to the Being Human podcast. I am your host, Cara Jean. And what I want to bring you with this podcast is the experience of meeting a group of individuals who are close friends, colleagues and fellow enthusiasts of things that I like doing in my life. Many of these humans are going through the experience of being locked down in Melbourne and New South Wales and then a few people spread out throughout the world that have been through this experience of what it is to live through a pandemic and sharing their words of wisdom and hope for this time. I hope this podcast inspires you, brings you to joy and allows you to feel connected to others during a time of disconnection. Awesome. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Being Human podcast. Today, I'm super stoked to have a good mate, uh, ex-colleague of mine, Tyler On, who, yeah, I've really um, grown to respect, know a lot about, and also learn a lot from. So I'm super excited to have him on to share his perspective of what it's been like to be somebody within the fitness space, owning a small business during this time, and how even in a time where it feels like not much is moving forward, we can all take steps to move forward. Um, I'm sure he has a better introduction than that, but um, I'll hand it over to you, Tyler, and you can introduce yourself to the audience. No, I think that was pretty sharp. I think that was probably a really good uh, collection of information about myself. So, yeah, so um, small, small business owner. I've been in the industry for just over, just over a decade now. Um, I've worked with, you know, a huge variety of clientele, everyone from general public to athlete, um, from CrossFit through the strong, strong man, people that are elite in their sport, um, trained alongside some of the fittest people in Australia, which have humbled me to the tens and, uh, but also taught me some really important lessons about, um, I, I guess, fitness by degree and, um, spent the last probably six six and a half seven years um enveloped in crossfit and then also came across you when we started working together um which has actually been a really good journey uh even though there's ups and downs with every every journey but it's been good uh for the for the most part but yeah so there's a bit of backstory for myself yeah and it's funny how and i always say this and um on who is my partner and we both know always since I'm a bit of a spiritual crazy hippie in the way that you meet you meet the people that you need to meet to have the conversations that you need to have in a in a period of time and I remember um, stepping into the space the gym space that we were working with uh, with one another for a boys club which I love I've got three brothers and I enjoy the boys club things but feeling really um frustrated at not being able to make change in the way that I like to make change and Tyler will attest to me being extremely stubborn um and meeting you and you being just a cool calm collected cat who in the nicest way possible just told me to draw my socks in a little bit and calm down and that it wasn't it wasn't such a big deal which I which I definitely (laughs) needed and I think that was something that I uh I took away and mm. also your your passion to continue to know what 
I hate to use the word story, but continuing to know what your end your end goal was or what you wanted to learn from the moment and then how we take it that away to the next the next phase that we we want to go on. Um, and definitely having that conversation for me changed the tra trajectory for me. Um, mm -hmm. We're both now in our, you know, doing different things than we were when we met one another. Um, and it's been interesting to see how much um, your influence definitely, definitely spread to a lot of people around you. And I think that's something that many people that know you will, will say the same thing. You have good influence, mate. Yeah, that's really, that's really <laughs> nice. And yeah, just, just to touch on that a bit, I think um, when you first came into the company, you literally came in like a wrecking ball, like not as in, like, <laughs> not as in you were coming in to destroy things, but um, there was some, it was like an, a regime that needed to fall that you just needed to redesign from the ground up. And, um, I think f for the most part from where, where you took, where you took ownership, it absolutely was lacking and it was absolutely necessary for you to do the things that you're doing. Um, but also, even though I was only in part of that company for a, a shorter period of time, uh, beforehand, uh, I had a good idea of how slowly pace moved and also how emotionally intelligent you are, but also when it, with emotional intelligence, it, it, it equals, you know, emotional engagement. And every word that comes out of your mouth is something that's already quite well thought of. And I understood how quickly that will be squished and unless you had um, a good idea of the environment that you were working with. And um, just like anyone, anyone, when they're starting off um, in, in a new place, your, your number one goal is to make something fantastic. Make like any make whatever wherever you are just amazing right and i can sense that from you straight away from um the moment you walked in to the moves you made within the gym to the engagement level that was far beyond it was what the engagement level that um you had with your community was exactly what was expected right but it just wasn't being carried um across the board and the and the problem was you know um, for lack of a better word was from the top it was like we want absolute excellence and engagement with your community but the moment somebody started doing that it was like whoa 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 <laughs> chill, chill chill out we actually uh how about you go down and meet everybody else it was never it was never fully adopted the way it was wanted so it was always this um very strange um pull uh, pull push off like this is what you want but no it's not what you want um and I, I do remember um sitting there and being like this chick is fucking fantastic whatever she's doing she's not supposed to be here um and not not in regards to um controlling like your idea of your life but I understood quickly you're a fantastic teacher and motivator of people so uh from what I understand um that's exactly the direction that you ended up um moving moving towards as well even though you know um it could be said coaching and personal training is similar but there's a very big difference between um coaching and education i feel and um i think i think like with with your mind because you have a high respect of like this is the uh from what i've seen this is the um this is the standard of what an industry should look like and this is what we should be holding ourselves up to and you do hold that bar high right uh when you're when you're in an industry that doesn't uh, marry up with that standard, but it, it's like um, the perfect thing, the perfect way to describe um, the fitness industry, it, it has a very, like 
a lot of the businesses and a lot of the workers in it, it has a face value, right? So it was like, oh yeah, this is me. I, I do this. I, you know, I eat clean. I train every single day. I, you know, train over 150 people a week, whatever. And then I snort cocaine on the weekend when no one's looking. (laughs) (laughs) And, and that's, you know, um, it's not everyone, but it's a a big majority of, you know, uh, the fitness industry. A lot of people that I've engaged with, even, even myself at some degree, when I entered at 20, um, you're just, you're just not in it. Like it's a bit more glitz and glam. It's like, um, there were, there's so many people that just do drugs. So I was just like, what the hell? I'm in the fitness industry. Like this is about health, right? This is we're part of the health, the health sector. It's not like some separate thing. Um, anyway, crazy, crazy. But yeah, so um, I think you and I had a, had a couple conversation. I, I think it was really um, important for you to recognize your personal power. But even if you hadn't, already recognize that before somebody who wasn't close to you to remind you you know um you know you have all the skills that you necessarily necessarily need apply them where it develops you and not just um the business that you're trying to serve i think that was a that was an important message that i i, I tried to get across to you as well yeah and a, a super important lesson and an important lesson for everybody i think particularly in the industry that we work in, it's very easy to get caught up um, and now being in the teaching space with wanting to be like somebody else who's within the fitness space, like wanting to also have as much experience that they do in the shortest amount of time. Sometimes we devalue fitness professionals and it could be down to, you know, the amount of hours that you've personally spent training with the people that you've spent training with, like that in itself is a, is a skill that somebody can't take away from you, but would look at you and go, look at this app. And if, I mean, I've met Tyler, super lovely down to earth bloke, but when he's in the training system, you could probably, when he's in the midst of training, you'd probably think this guy's a psycho and I don't want to be anywhere <laughs> new. Like he gets this very, um, and, and, and Jamie, your partner, who's exactly the same, super gorgeous, mm. down-to-earth person, you get her in a, under a barbell and it's like, I do not want to be within 10 foot of her because she's just so in the zone. But it's important to remember you can't take experience from somebody that you haven't, you know, done the time as well. And I think, you know, you and I, I'm almost coming up to a decade in the industry as well. And you see a lot of things and you process being on that ground level, what works, what doesn't work and where things need to grow. And I think, um, and we'll speak a little bit about United in a second. Mm. It's very much about, I see it as a reflection of all your chapters coming together of, okay, this works, this doesn't work. This is what people want but this is also what I want it to be it's like it doesn't have to be just for the people it has to be a reflection of what I see fitness being so that I feel passionate and want to be involved there and it's to be part of your life not just a business that is there and you kind of just you know I see that too much in business um, particularly now helping a few gyms out with processing that the people that own them aren't there and they just want it to be running and earning money and in a time like this if they don't you know two of the gyms that I'm doing work for they ain't earning money like how they're paying me I don't know there's probably a 
a side project that one of the owners mm -hmm. is doing to earn the money to make. Yeah. And, right, I'll just take the paycheck and don't talk about it. Um, but yeah, I'd like to talk a little bit about that and your experience with reopening United because this is its second kind of yeah, it's, you know. it's second second iteration. So um, I think I talk a little bit towards um, what you was what you were saying about um or my entire experience um, collating to who I who I've become now. So I hundred percent agree. Um, you know, from a from a really young age, it became really apparent that I had to learn. I had to learn and absorb the things that are around me and adapt extremely quickly. Um, so where I grew up, I w grew up in the west uh, of Sydney. So Campbelltown was like the, the easiest way people would describe um, Campbelltown as shit rolls downhill. So it was like towards the hills, right? Uh, and it was like this, it, it is literally in this mini gully that's from, you have the southern, uh, the southern part of Sydney which is extremely affluent and it's very, very old money. And then you have Sydney, which is Sydney, right? It's fucking, the thing's huge. Um, and there's so much money. And then you had Campbelltown, which was like this hot mess right in the middle. When I started growing up, when I grew up there, when my parents moved us there, when I was, I think it was 10 years old, um, it was the first time I'd ever experienced anything in regards to racism. So we grew up in um, Canberra at that point in time. And then... I'd never seen a fence, you know, I'd go to school, didn't have to wear shoes. Uh, it was extremely inviting. Like I had Asian friends, I had Australians, I had Americans, like I had redheads, everything all around. Um, and we we're just kids um, at that point in time. So anyway, get to, get to my first school. And then there's like, uh, there's like groups of married kids, there's groups of uh, like uh, Pacific Islander kids, there's groups of Australians and, you know, uh, I'd, I'd be lying if I didn't get called some sort of color or some sort of race once, once or twice a week. You know, there was a, there was a period in my life, even going into, um, you know, high school where I'd be in a punch up at least once a week. So for me, I was, my mum, <laughs> my mum would always raise me, raise me to always uh, fight back. And that, I think that was a, that's a big testament to my personality. And my daddy told me this story once. He was like, look, son, in some things in life, you have to punch first before you get hit. I was like, great advice, dad. So as a kid carrying that into school, it's not very useful, right? Um, but as you become an adult, the principle is, is extremely clear. So um, moving forward, like I, I moved into construction, become, became a builder. And during, during like my, my work as a, um, like as a carpenter, I think one of the most common terms were like, oh, you're really smart for Kiwi, right? You're really smart for this. You're really smart for that. I'm like, how about I'm just fucking smart? Or why am I really handy for a Kiwi? It's like, oh, no, no offense. Like, I remember this one guy who was like, I want you to, I want you to understand, like, when I say this, it's uh, an endearing. I was like, okay, what? And I was like, uh, 16 at the time, he was like, you're my blackie boy. And I'm like, okay, cool, sweet. I have no idea what this means, but cool. And then I remember telling my dad uh, that my my dad was hysterical, right? Um, and he was just like, never, never ever let somebody call you that. And I was like, it's yeah, but it's a good thing, dad. He's like, son, that is oppression. That's not a good thing. Um, so in in regards to that, like I've always been, <clears throat> I've always come from a place where I've known that I've had to work 
harder in regards to the knowledge base I have in regards to, you know, um, you know, my out, my output, because the, the chips, unfortunately, um, racism is still like a really prevalent thing in our, in our industry where they when you're drip, dripping wet in an industry that is all about how, to, how you look and less about how you physically move and how much the results you get, that plays against you. And it's not until probably the last six years where I've truly seen that change in uh, you know, our environment, the, the level of acceptance um, that's in, in the world right now is much, much different, but that doesn't, uh, that doesn't overshadow you know, the racism factor still, still being a huge fucking part, right? Uh, it's just not something in my life cycle right now, my mind is so cued onto. So um, long story short, what, what that's allowed me to do is from any person, it doesn't matter whether they're absolutely brand new in the industry or they're somebody who's been there here for the last 30 years, my, I try to absorb um, any lesson from them as possible. Uh, like, it doesn't matter if they're just a client starting for the first time, they have a story, they have like a, a breadth of knowledge from their entire life that I have the opportunity to learn from, or I can turn my ears off and be ignorant and learn nothing, right? So um, I think for me, it's really really a conscious effort to continuously learn from the people around me, whether they are, they are um, you know, good influences or bad, because some of the best lessons that I've learned is the things not to do. Right. So the per I've, I've learned, I've become really acute on the person I want to become because I've been around the people that I absolutely will not settle for. Right. And the, the personality traits that I do not want for myself. Um, and then, you know, in regards to, I guess, your questions from going from United, United One in Sydney to um, now opening up the um, United here in South Melbourne. All, all of that is sort of like a, that whole life cycle, the accumulation of that process. Yeah, I love that. And it's interesting that you you speak about and, and a big issue, but something that is inherently there, right? Which is the, the racism issue within fitness. I never really knew of that being a thing. Again, growing up with friends from every, my best friend um, in primary school was from Nigeria. And I only remember ever hearing the word racism when we were about 10 or 11. Mm. She got called something. Um, and I was like, to mom, this seems like a really weird concept to me. I don't really understand what, why she's different to me um, based on that. Um, and now we're experiencing it as an adult, obviously, with, um, with Arn and him being Vietnamese and how that plays so much of a intrigue or back chip for him where there are certain things that he won't push himself to do because he automatically thinks there's going to be a barrier there like there's Absolutely. automatically going to be a barrier there I'm not going to bother and me sort of saying well you know my dad grew me up with three brothers saying just because you're a girl doesn't mean that you can't you can't do anything like yes you might have to work harder but you're a girl and that's not any fault to your own but you know, I took, up, I, I, I took up a ridiculous, you know, great. took up, up powerlifting and my dad's yeah. just like, I remember my dad going from being this dad who, not that he didn't bother spending time with me, but was very busy. And as soon as I took up a strength sport, it was very, you know, uh, technically difficult and a lot of training involved and hard on my body. He was like, yep, I'm going to 
run with you and make sure that you give this the absolute best crack you can. Um, and we really much bonded over that time, but it was that thing that, um, yeah, not only it took, taught me a lot about fitness and a lot of an area that I didn't want to dabble down. Um, yep. It was also an integral part of who I am as a person now. Like I only have, I think, the confidence and attitude that I have because of that lesson of taking on a sport that was ridiculous and super fun and super strange. But um but it also yeah. taught me a lot of lessons about myself for sure. Yeah, I think that's the first that's the first lesson that I learned about myself is when there was fears or restrictions or obstacles that were in my way. Um as as a kid or as an adult, continually pushing like pressing myself up against those ab- obstacles. Cause it's like um there's there's so much quotation about motivation and you know you have to push yourself through any barrier it's like motherfucker i can't push myself through this thing it's stopping me right so um it's it's more of like a it's more of like a consistent press because you don't just you don't go through it once like whatever that barrier is you don't just automatically go like hey i'm past it fuck yeah (laughs) i'm like rocky at the top of the staircase it's not it's not how it happens it's like here's here's your obstacle right here you push your fucking face up up against that obstacle for you know the next month the next you know two years three years four years and then eventually as as you pursue it as you pursue that you know that that courage that fear is constantly there whatever that barrier is and you're constantly pressing yourself against it the fear is there until one day it's just not um and then eventually like through you know <laughs> literally determination of pushing yourself against pressing up against your fears no matter what they are you do eventually get past them. Um, and, you know, sport is one thing that really, really taught me how to do that. I was like, how to, um, I was, I did not like fighting. You know, I grew up, I grew up and I saw family members come from a married background. So my family members punching each other out, right? I, I remember I was choked out by my cousin. Uh, he held me in the air off, off the ground like that. And it wasn't until one of my cousins um, and like stopped him and, um, I remember one of my older cousins as well. He tried to push me out a fourth story window, right? And for no other reason other than he was fucking batshit crazy. <laughs> so um, I grew up not not having, not really wanting to be um, in any confrontational stages. So as I grew up, I recognized, I was like, these were things that were heart stopping for me until I was just like, okay, confrontation, go do not be scared, like spearheaded and then pre- sit on that confrontation until you can get through it. Um, and like now, nowadays I can get through obstacles much, much faster than when I was younger. Um, but I remember some ordeals would be like, I'd be, I'd come, you know, you know how you go through life and you like come around to a problem. And then if you don't deal with it and then you're like, oh, it's gone, that problem's gone away. You eventually come back around to it somewhere else, right? And it's the same intense intensity of emotion until you develop the skills to you know piss it off and be like okay now i can actually get past that obstacle you the universe is a funny thing it will continue teaching you the exact same lesson over and over again it will just look slightly different but their emotions will stay the same until um you learn to you know you know break break through those things and then you know step in step into a, a stronger more resilient i guess version of yourself Absolutely. And I think that's the main, the biggest thing that I probably see through this time of, 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 you know, lockdown, being in Melbourne, we've been in 
what are we, six, seven iterations of lockdown now is particularly in the gym space where you've got all these people that are waiting for the perfect moment. And this isn't us, this isn't me trying to do a sales pitch or us trying to do a sales pitch, but there's those that genuinely like moving and at any chance know how important moving is for their lives as in exercise training, you can call it whatever you like, but moving their body. And then you have those people waiting for the perfect moment going, can't wait till the gym's open, that's when I'll start. Mm. But then what comes around is all the emotional stuff that comes around with them now noticing and hopefully learning from it at some point that movement and part of being human is moving and that helps them with all sorts of other facets in their life. But constantly coming up against the, oh, I'm just going to wait until the gym's open and being put back a step like I know for me my motivation to keep training is because I don't want to have to go back a step and relearn certain movements or take time off and lose fitness it's not because I'm passionate and motivated all the time I'm literally like this is my job my body is my not in that way but my body is my job and I have to be able to show and practice certain things so if I can't do x amount of push-ups pull-ups squat deadlift at this weight well my students have then overpassed me. So I have to continue to hold that, you know, bottom bottom barrier for me. Um, and I think a lot of what I'm seeing is people, and even in the teaching space, heaps of kids who get into personal training and are like, I'm just going to wait until the gym's open to start working on my passion. Like, mate, it could be six, eight, nine, ten, twelve months down the line before the gym you know, before the gym opens and we can work, you know, as much as I want them to open tomorrow, I'm like, I'm pretty much betting on November now. So how do, how do they continue to grow and, and work and work yeah. on their passion regardless of the resistance, huge resistance? Yeah, I think um, iron sharpens iron at the end of the day. And if, if you have like a, I, I think, you know, everyone has to understand my, my first mentor uh, or my boss as an apprentice taught me first, he was like, you have, you have your toolbox. I want you to allocate X amount of money per week, no matter how much you get cost, uh, paid. I got paid like $270 a week. I lived in Campbelltown, had to travel 55 minutes. It costs uh, $55 uh, per week just to travel, right? And when you're only on like 270, you've got no money. Um, so he's like, regardless of how much you get paid on your, I want you to put one, like one go to Bunnings buy one brand new tool every single week no matter what and you do that for a year and you'll have all the tools that you'll need you'll ever need um and then so I did that I went in and it didn't matter what it was it was like he was like it's, it could be one whole punch for two dollars whatever it is um so I bought I bought one tool and then added that to my toolbox and even though our tools like I remember he made me buy this um old school screw drill it was like a whisk right it has like a drill bit on it so he makes me buy it right and then he goes you're gonna hang these four doors with that and chisels i was like are you fucking kidding me i was like so i'm like trying to um screw out this door with this whisk right and i have no idea uh, anyway i won't get on that tangent but i do have no idea how people build houses with that shit that is like what hard work truly is anyway it took me probably like three days to hang hang these doors um but what i recognize from that is irregardless like wherever you are even if you do not know how to use the tool how to apply it it's so important to uh educate yourself and gather and fill your two toolbox so whenever you do need it there's there's tools like from 
my life that I picked up when I was a kid that are only coming to use now. Like the knowledge that I picked up when I was a kid, it was part of my toolbox, right? And for any personal trainer or, or um, young business owner out there, it's now is actually a very premium time to develop all the processes you do not have the time to do when you're um, when you're on the floor, you know, 50, hour, 50 hours a week doing personal training. Um, right now you have a great opportunity to learn and continue, you know, growing your toolbox. So whenever you do come into, um, you know, hard times again, you have, you know, the skills necessary to overcome that. And um, if you look on social media these days, social media is extreme power right now, especially if you're somebody um, who is going to go into the personal training space, you can use it as a tool um, to develop your to develop your business, if that makes sense. Um, and even if that is, even if that tool is just um, you know following your own personal journey in your fitness, that's a really big thing. Like we're humans, we like seeing we like seeing people succeed, right? There's that that slight dark side where you like to see somebody fall over a little bit. It's like <laughs> the funniest thing I have with my my best mate, like um, I'm his kid's godfather, and for some reason I find it it's, I find it very funny when I see a kid a kid like running running fall and they bounce, but they always always get back up. Obviously, I don't want to see the kid fall over, and then they will look left to right and be like, "Did anyone see it?" No. Nah. Okay, it's fine. If someone saw it, they're wailing, right? And <laughs> it's like that that small amount of sadism there, but we, you know, um, at heart, we enjoy seeing other people succeed. So um, using, using that knowledge, tracking your own fitness um, while one, you know, it keeps you fit. It keeps you moving. It also sharpens your own tool. Your tool is your body and your mind as a personal trainer um, to try and access people. Um, And touching on what you said, I think using fitness is like a, Fitness is a is the gateway to personal development, right? So it's the opportunity you have to access a person very, very easily. It's hard. It's it's hard line to go if you're not a psychologist to be like, hey, Kara, uh, you need to work on your personal development skills. And it's like, oh, you'd you'd most likely be go fuck yourself, Paula. Um, where if I can take you through an exercise routine and press you up against challenging obstacles and say this these are the skills that you need to overcome that this is what i need you to do with your 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 deadlift we're going to taper down with your row i'm going to get you to go this speed and i need this time then you just become a shark in the water you have the skills and you just go and attack it and then by the end of it you're like oh overcome an obstacle how did i do that and there's so many like uh psychological principles that apply apply to that that people learn um through repetition within the gym um so yeah i 100 percent agree um with like the personal development part of things that you were talking about like fitness is a huge gateway for that as well yeah absolutely and i think that's such a, a lovely analogy and way to put it because so many people rock up to the gym thinking that you know, it's just there for burning calories for whatever it be. And and trainers as well thinking, I was uh, taking a lesson last week on primal movement patterns and taking my class through, you know, how we teach primal movement patterns, iterations of it. There's the one kid out the back row, well, we're on, we're on Zoom, but the last kid down the bottom who I can't even see, hasn't even got his screen turned on. 
hasn't even asked us questions the whole time I've taught him for the last uh, three months. And he puts his hand up and I was like, what, what's up, mate? And he said, so you're basically saying that every movement pattern stems from eight things. And I was like, basically, yes, everything stems from eight things. You know, there's eight things. You can teach the well. You can teach anybody. It's really that simple. And he went, so why is this course taking me six months to learn to train people in eight ways? Yeah. If all you're saying is all I need to know is today's session and then I can go off and do my thing. I said, but that's it, right? It's the art of coaching and the art of training and teaching somebody is knowing that regardless of maybe the mundane thing that fitness really is and moving our body is, can be quite mundane when um, you're constantly repetition, 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 but it's the small the small things that you learn about yourself in that time that I think is important. Like being in, having worked in big gyms, you and I would have seen so many people come in, come out, go off, come back going, oh, I really needed this or I missed this or they put the weight back on and they don't really understand why. Um, and it is partly that. It's like you haven't learned the lesson that you need to learn. So you're back exactly where you needed to be. It's not because you've gone and done anything stupid it's because you haven't really learned the part of the lesson you needed to know to keep the weight off or to stay injury free or anything like that and you're back where you needed to be um and our job's not really simple for that part because there is the psychology element like listening to people and understanding what they actually need from you yeah i I think an easy way for it takes half our lifetime if you're if you're 30 it takes like 15 to 17 of your years to just be an adult, right? So you enter kindergarten at whatever age and you're in schooling. You're in like uh, like fundamental schooling of how to be a, a useful, useful part of the society, how to speak the language, how to do mathematics, how to catch a fucking train, uh, how to, if you get lost, geography, right? If you get lost, how to negotiate yourself around uh, areas. It takes, you know, 17 years purely every single day right you're doing what eight hours or ten hours at school each day uh five days a week um to just become like a useful piece in their economy right and that's sort of what what we're drummed out to be when we're finishing school um health like fitness and health is not taught during that period of time mindfulness is not taught during that period of time the 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 freedom the freedom of speech is not taught during that period of time freedom of Freedom of conversation within these constraints is taught. Like these are the guidelines. You can speak within this guideline. Outside of that, you can't. Um, so the the difficulty when we engage with older older athletes or older people is um, to get them to understand that it's a it's a fluent throughout their life. They they do believe like because they have been taught for their entire life. It's like fitness is this, my family is this, my job is this category over here. They subdivide their life and then they um, get to, you know, 30, 32, they have a mental breakdown or um, they're in a place where they're just so lost. I feel so lost in myself. It's like, cause you're not complete. You, you, you break up, you break up your life. Like you think these things don't interact with each other. You can't just switch one off and turn one on. Right. If you turn something off, you turn everything off. That's just how emotions work. If you want, if you want the happiness, if you want the, you know, the development, if you want to understand your fitness and how it applies to, you know, your work and your love life and your your family, then you have to turn all the emotions off on. Right. 
Um, and you have to understand it's like, I'm doing this job, I'm, I'm doing this job as a choice and like understanding your choices is obviously what coming an adult is about. Uh, but you, some people, are, uh, they come up to a crossroads and they're like, do I just want to work this job and continue making the money I want to make? Or do I want to do something that fulfills me? Um, vast majority of people just be like, I'm just going to continue taking the money and further down the line, life just can most, most of the time for the people that I've worked with just continues to deteriorate. Their personality deteriorates. They start to develop as like, um, rather than my name's Tyler Adamson, um, this is my life. Uh, I become, I'm Tyler Adamson. I'm a financial broker or whatever. And I work nine to five. That's sort of all I've got for you. I, yeah, I really wanted to do this art project uh, when I was younger, but you know, money. So it's the economy we live in. And um, yeah, that's sort of how I, how I really look at that, that scene. It's um, congruency is super important to teach uh, somebody at some at like a, a brand new client coming into uh, life because it all it all connects you you can never truly switch it off yeah absolutely i um i find that very very interesting and something that um i've definitely stopped doing now that i'm <coughs> a little bit older like i became a personal trainer when i was 17 so it's been you know the biggest part of my adult life is now i don't introduce myself as that anymore I learned a few years ago from a good mentor of mine she said don't introduce yourself at any as anything but your name so you can choose on the day what you want to be whether you want to be you know somebody's partner or whether you want to be um you know you you fit the space that you need to fit and not by changing or molding yourself to fit the space but you just allow yourself to be exactly who you are and yeah. I found that to be such an important thing and especially during this time during lockdown when I met people down the street or whatever and they asked me they asked me who I am and I just say I'm Cara and then they start to find out about the fact that I work in fitness because there's such a uh people feel sorry for me for being in the fitness industry right now with it being <laughs> shut down so yeah. there's this real hum of um oh I'm so sorry and it's like whops whops of sad sadness that comes from it and the only time I've ever really had that not that I really want to go through the whole long story was um, when I was younger and I lost my first boyfriend and everybody knew who I was knew that there was this sadness and it tried to attach that sadness to me and so now yes. I've just learned to not try and attach to sadness by going I'm Cara and I do quite a lot with my life and they're like oh what do you mean you do quite a lot? I'm like, there's many iterations um, and that's, that's all you need to know. And I think that's a very important message is for once you get attached to something, it's very easy to lose all the rest of yourself because you have to be attached to that one thing that isn't really mm. you at the end of the day. Or if you wanted mm. to change, change the trajectory of your life, you feel like you can't because, oh, people know me as this. It's like, well, who gives a shit? Like, honestly, who gives yeah. a shit? Yeah, I had, I think I attached, like, I think for myself, as I was growing up, I attached myself to quite a few things. Like, I attached myself to wanting to be the ideal person for the people that were around me. That's, that's what I became at one stage of my life. Um, and then the greatest power that was ever gifted to me, and I can't remember how and when, uh, was my ability to, re um, to 
reorganize my identity at any point in time to suit the situation to adapt to adapt and overcome with anything right so like i'm a, i'm a busy dude right if I, if somebody asked me nowadays uh what do you do i'm like i just work with people like i just enjoy i love working with people like it's it's my number one passion i enjoy talking to them whether we're going out and having coffee it could be personal development it could be nutrition could be coaching like um coaching is the easiest way to make you know accommodate it and call it a thing to explain to people um but at the vast at like the and that's like the short of the story but you know for me i i need for survival pure pure survival the ability to adapt to you know any environment and because i do love um learning it's it's okay for me to go like look um I still want to continue working with people. How do I do that? If gyms are closed, where do I move towards, right? So like I was saying to you earlier, um, move from a predominantly engaging with people every single day to a, a sales role that I'm working with as well. And like, I'm really loving that. And um, what I'm starting to recognize with the sales role, it is extremely easy for me to do that role because it is honestly having a conversation with people and deciding whether or not that person is going to suit uh, the service that I'm providing and, you know, um, and then just seeing where they are in their life cycle, what they're doing with themselves is you know, extremely valuable to me because it, it pain, like it gives me an excitement of like, um, I can have different conversations every single day with Jamie and we can talk about the people I've spoken to. Some people are wild, some people are beautiful. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> it's just fucking, it's just people in general, but yeah, just having the power to, uh control your own identity and not allow people to label you i was labeled for a very long long time of my lifestyle of my young life as i said to you like uh being a dumb married was all that people knew me like told me i had the cop like capacity to be i should be a laborer that's throwing you know um scaffolding fucking three levels high and if you ever seen if you've ever seen a pacific islander throw scaffold it is the most impressive thing you'll ever see in your your life these things are like iron just iron heavy fucking iron and these boys they're hanging off the side of like 26 story build they don't do it as much anymore uh, when there was no a oh and s and no one was buying um <laughs> uh, they would throw this like these pieces of metal into the sky right like like it was just chips um <laughs> but yeah definitely definitely control my own identity these days for sure and then and I'll always have a crisis of identity every other day. Like yesterday, imposter syndrome um, crushed me. It took me for six. But now, rather than when I was a kid, it would take me weeks to overcome. It takes me seconds now. Like, I, because I now know I have all the tools necessary to overcome imposter syndrome and to also step into realizing my own personal power. Yeah, awesome. I, I love that. And I think if anybody can take anything away from that conversation it is it is just that and I think so much now with as we touched on briefly before social media and that all coming into play there's definitely more people being fraught with imposter syndrome especially in our industry I remember coming fresh out of um you know PT school and there wasn't Instagram back then Facebook had really just become a bigger in a couple of years beforehand, weird to say, but you had to literally sit there and have conversation with people and meet people and, and know things about them. There wasn't this 
oh, I'll post this photo and based on how many likes they get, people will, you know, come and train with me. Um, mm. it I is, remember, yeah. Mm. It is literally crafting our identity to fit your custom, uh, your customer base. And it, it's, it can be dangerous, yeah, for sure. Mm. Like, you know, not really having... Um, I spend, you know, today I'm about to talk a whole group of 30 PTs through sales process and how to best do sales process in the modern PT arena. And, and they asked me last week, so how did you do it? And I said, I was just nice to people. They would refer friends. I worked off referrals for eight years of my life. I've still got clients that train with me after 10 years. Even when I moved overseas, they train me with me via Zoom and I've come back and I still have them. But it's a very different place and I think that puts pressure on people to yeah have have to fit a mold or have to continue doing a certain thing rather than being accepting that they can be multiple different iterations of themselves at the same time that can still cohesively work together um very last question before we sign off um what inspires you during this time during this time I think um, the people that I walk past every day inspire me. Like I see people going through their own, their own battles and you, like I love looking at, I love people watching, right? Uh, and seeing in people's eyes, their thoughts rolling through and recognizing like just, just even my, my conversations with you. Like um, there's such a huge depth of uh, personality behind you, right? And even spending the small amount of time I'm able to pick up so many fantastic things that, you know, so many stories and so many things that I can love about a person. Like even with Jamie, there's such a depth in Jamie that I love about her and about her personality. And then I look around the street and I think there's billions of us, right? There's absolutely billions. So, and so I think that's like a, a big driver for me. Like I'm, I am truly passionate about um, learning from the people that are around me. And if, you know, I think to myself, if, um, I can have such an amazing deep relationship with uh, my tight circle with Jamie and even, even with yourself. I just, uh, I just imagine I'm like, like I'd love to have the opportunity to engage with these people that I'm walking past. Um, so truly it is the people that I see on the street the people that I don't know. I, I reckon I could spend the rest of my life getting to know as many people as I, I, I possibly could traveling the world and doing that. Uh, and that would truly fulfill me. Yeah. Amazing. I um, I had a very, I got asked this question the other day and had a very, a very similar answer. And I think that's what makes um, our space and definitely my time having spent speaking to you within, you know, having worked with you as a colleague, now uh, call your friends. It's nice to have people in your space that share that certain slowing down, being mindful of the moment pace rather than constantly being going what's next. I think it's important during this time more than ever to enjoy every moment that you do have. Not that life, well, life could end tomorrow. I don't know. I always, mm-hmm. I always go to bed <laughs> kissing Anna on the head and go, goodbye, I might see you tomorrow. Mate. Yeah. Why do yeah. you always say that? I'm like, I don't know. I could die in my sleep. Who knows? Not have yeah, absolutely. To have said it. So it's, um, it's important to appreciate that. Tyler, it's been so lovely to have you on, mate. Um, where can people find find you and find United if they want to tee up? Yeah, for sure. Um, so you can either find me at Tyler Francis Albert or Tyler Francis Adamson on Instagram. Um, we have United Training Grounds 
Yarra Place. Um, so my gym's in South Melbourne. So whenever we're at a lockdown, roll in for a session. Um, or you can find me on your podcast. So I'll be. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Thanks so much for joining me, Matt. No worries. Thank you so much.